My name is uh, Riccardo Neri, based in Italy, Roma. Uh, I'm a film producer, uh, 56 years old. And um, the story starts uh, quite a while ago when I was 20. At the end of my school, after one year in London to learn my English language and uh, some, uh, you know, travels around when you are so young, you don't know what to do. I decided to to start in the film business as a PA, thanks to my mom, because from my mom's side, my grandfather was uh, a key grip. Of, of the neorealism of the Italian films. My mother was an editor, is an editor, was an editor, she retired, and uh, my aunt was a production secretary and my uncle was a uh, gaffer. Mm-hmm. So from that side of the family, I have um, my food uh, since when I was young was uh, cinema. So were you you on set a lot as a kid to kind of see like everybody kind of doing I mean, their no, actually not not so often but I the the fantastic uh, memory that I have I was living with my grandparents because my father and my mother were quitting very often their relationships so every time they were quitting I was going back to my grandparents house for like six months or a year whatever and my and they were living very near to Cinecitta Studios and my grandfather was working with Federico Fellini. He was doing uh, Amarcord. Uh, so one morning, one Sunday morning, I was like seven, I think. He took me to see the studio where in the back lot they built a, a, a huge cruise ship. So he said, uh, let's take a walk and we go and see the, the cruise ship. So we went inside Cinecittà and was my f- the, was the first time I've seen something that to the eye of a, of a kid, it's unbelievable. Like a huge ship, fake, empty, with uh, without water, just built in the back lot. And uh, so I was, you know, amazed by, by this, uh, la grandeur, uh, by this, uh, this incredible fake ship and on the way back home we were walking in the in the studio towards the the exit my my we heard a voice calling my my grandfather it was Fellini he was there because he was going to the to Cinecitta every day even on Sunday so he was there he met my grandfather say what are you doing here and he said um, oh, I took my nephew to to see the the, the building and, and he, he took my my head and he said how, how old are you I said I'm seven and what's your name my name is Riccardo Okay, nice to meet you. I am uh, Federico Fellini. That was, I, I think, the benediction <laughs> for here because it's yeah. So that that's that was my let's say my family route. And then when I was twenty, after my return from London, I I've been in the army for one year. That was mandatory at that time. And then my mother said, "Why don't you try?" Uh, to start on a on a film of a friend of mine, he's um, a director, so you can go like like a PA, you know, like a production runner. I started and I never quit. Actually, <laughs> I did all the. I mean, film by film, I, I was a PA, then a production secretary, then unit manager. And um, and then I had a, an incredible opportunity in 97. At that time, there was a, the most famous uh, executive producer in Italy. It was a woman. Her name is uh, Laura Fattori. She was like the arrival point for every guy or, or girl working in production. Everyone wanted to work with her because she, she was like the point of reference 
of every international movie coming to Italy. And I, I was, I mean, I knew her name and I was saying the dream, you know, who, who knows if one day Laura can uh, call me to work. So I was working on, a, I mean, I had an incredible opportunity through a friend to work on my first international film that was a portrait of a lady. Uh, Jane Campion was directing. And one person that was working in production there came to me and he said, uh, you, you, are, you are very good. I mean, you're, you have the, the right timing. You speak very well English. So I think I'm going to talk to Laura and tell her that you exist. So if she needs anyone, uh, maybe she can, um, you know, she can call you. Six months later, I got a call from, uh, from her. She was in Morocco working on a Scorsese's movie. And she was very straightforward. She was terrible. Everyone, I mean, everyone wanted to work with her, but on the other end, everyone was afraid of her because she was like, uh, you, you remember uh, Devil's Wears Prada? Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly like Meryl Streep. So I got a call. She said, uh, I am Laura. Somebody talked about very highly about you. Um, I'm making a movie in Morocco. If you want to join, this is the salary. And if you want to come, uh, let me know in a couple of days. Thank you. Bye-bye. Click. And she put it down. So I was like, <laughs> she called me. And uh, so I, I, I replied the, the day after saying, okay, I'm ready to go. Uh, just let me know what to do. And I went to Morocco and I spent six, seven months there uh, working as a location manager on this uh, Martin Scorsese's film that was uh, Kundun, the one about the Dalai Lama. When I, when I got there, I was very shy. I was not talking to anyone and, and a bit afraid of her. And then after a couple of weeks, she came to me and she said uh, so I want to make a test with you um, I send you to on the mountain of the Atlas uh, mountain uh, in uh, the north of Morocco out of Marrakesh there's a very difficult location to prepare go there and, uh, and and do your job let me know I want to see what you can do so I was I was alone I went there and was like crazy you know trying to make the best location possible when I got there it was 70 kilometers driving from Marrakesh where I was overnighting there was nothing in the middle of nowhere up to the mountain this tiny village where we had to build a construction so I got there the first time with a local location manager and I realized that to go up, the only way was ride donkeys. So <laughs> I, I jumped on a donkey and I said, okay, let's go and see Touchwood. And I started and, and it was like 15 or 20 minutes by donkey, but it was like this, it was very steep. So you couldn't go walking. I mean, I did it once and I was dying. So I went up, it was an, an incredible place, but thinking how to bring the construction, how to bring the crew, the actors and Martin Scorsese. So I started to, you know, to think how can I make it possible, funny, and also uh, realistic for the time we have, you know, you get there, you need to start filming in an hour, you have to bring everyone up and blah, blah, blah. So the village was like uh, maybe 150 people living there. It was very, very small, the one below. below. So I went to the imam that was the, let's say, the, the, the owner, the, like the mayor mm -hmm. of the village. And I said, I need everyone working for me. No one excluded. Everyone, every donkey, every woman, every person working for me. So instead paying individually every person, what the community needs. And, they, and he said, well, actually, we need water. Okay. And where is the, the water coming from? 
He said, from there, and he pointed a corner in the high to the mountain where there was a kind of a lake. So I said, okay, I, I went back to Marrakesh. I met a person who was doing the, this kind of work, I mean, bringing water with pipes. And I said, can you, can you make me a budget? Can you estimate how much time you need and how much money you need to bring the water from the lake to this village that it was called Imlil? He came with me the day after and said, this is like, uh, I don't know, I don't remember if it was something like $18,000. Okay, let's do it. And in 10 days, they had the water in the village. And then in, from there, everyone was working for me. So I had like 45 donkeys. Every house was open for us to cook. The ladies were cooking. The kids were helping. The men were doing labors, they were doing painters, whatever. And in three weeks' time, I had all the construction coming from uh, where the unit was up to the set. So when uh, they, they got there for the shoot, Scorsese came to me and said, you are the location manager. I said, yes. How do I get there? There's a donkey for you. Prepare for Martin Scorsese. So it was different. It was all decorated. I put Martin Scorsese on a donkey and he went up. We shot and at the end of the shoot, it was only three days, he went to Laura and he said, this guy knows how to make movies much better than me. Thank Martin. When we came back to Italy, Laura called me and she said, uh, okay, you can become my production manager. And from there, we made uh, three, four movies together, five movies together. And then I, I turned into line producing and then after quite a while, executive producer. In 2004, I decided to open my company because uh, I was working for producers, but I was uh, also, I mean, the ambition was to become a producer, of course. So I started the company and for five years, actually, I worked as an executive producer for other producers and with my company. The beginning wasn't easy. That is never easy, especially working in Italy, where apart from being a very good one, you have to have a lot of connections, sometimes political, sometimes, you know, like lobbying or something like that. So it was difficult at the beginning because I, I didn't have any, actually. I mean, I knew how to make movies well, but I, my only expertise was budget for a movie and finish the movie in budget without going over. But I didn't know how to find money which is the relationships and blah 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 you know the the tricky things so it was quite a quite difficult at the end at the beginning but everything went well besides from uh, you know the first five or six years where i was uh, struggling a little bit but now i'm happy because the company is well positioned we're doing a lot of things you know and how did you get through those like first five or six years because i know when you start well, a company it's pretty hard yeah, well, we did some commercials. We did, I mean, the company was very small. I had one secretary with me. The office was very little, which is, you know, we were doing, we were spending the money we had. No investments, no, no nothing, just looking for. And then uh, we did... Uh, one interesting documentary that had been sold worldwide. And that from there, I can say that from there, it grows little by little, year by year until um, 2015 and 14, 2014. And then after 2014, I mean, we started collaboration with big studios, big directors, big names, big projects. And now we are 
I have to say, we're fine. Sorry, we've been lucky that in the 2010-2012, in Italy, we have uh, this uh, incredible tax credit that, that works very well. So it's an attraction for foreign companies. And so they come. You don't have to look for them. You know, it's different. It's a bit different. And, uh, you know, when you were first starting out your company, was there any... Um big obstacles you kind of had to go i know not financially but on sets or anything that happened to you that you had kind of had to figure out no because actually the my expertise why when i was on set i knew exactly what to do i mean me and my team i can say i mean i don't want to you know talk of myself like a, a great producer but budget and set running a set it's my real expertise i know exactly what to do so at that time you were you were like, I knew how to run a set. I just, the business side of it, it was the new thing for me. Yeah, exactly. And is there any time in filmmaking that you just didn't feel like it was for you, that you were going to maybe give up on on kind of this and kind of move on to something else? No, no. never. <laughs> and uh, what advice would you give to a new filmmaker starting out? Uh, well, the two depends. Filmmakers means uh, directors and producers. Uh, to film directors, I, I I advise them that uh, they have to know they have to ride the market request, even if they are authors, especially at the beginning. They have to be very smart in. Uh, intercepting the the request of the people the studios the producers because you may have the best film written or the best story but the first answer you receive is that yeah but it's not the right time i'm not saying your film is not good but it's not the right time people don't want to watch this kind of movie now uh, so that's that's my advice. I mean, try to uh, to be on the on the shore, you know, on the wave like a surfer always, because otherwise you go underwater. To producers, uh, more or less the same. What's happening? Uh, let's say from the pandemic, there was a lot uh, worldwide, a lot of uh, request of contents. A lot of work, a lot of uh, new upcoming producers are born just because the content are just a, a crazy request from all the platforms, all the streamers, televisions. So everyone is doing, uh, becoming producer, becoming director. And I think, and I still think, that this business is something that you learn in the years, not in the month. You, you learn in the years by making movies, by working with different directors, different producers, different actors. Because after you make three movies, it doesn't mean that the fourth movie is like the first three. It's different. So every movie teaches you something. Every director teaches you something. And a, a producer must be also a psychologist. You know, a psychologist. You have to know because the directors are, I wouldn't say fragile, but they are even the biggest. They they are people that need somebody else to say this is correct, this is right, in a different way. Because if you want to impose your your vision to them, you become an enemy. You have to be smart enough to just tell them something. Like you don't want, it's not your point of view. It's just, uh, what do you think if you leave it there? Because two days later, they come back, say, you know what I thought? And they tell you exactly what you told them two days before. So it's like uh, you have to be a psychologist. You have to be. And how do you learn this? 
by making movies, by working with different directors, by experiencing movie by movie after movie, movie after movie. How do you have to, you know, to navigate in this craziness? So don't run, don't go too fast. That's my advice, because if you make two, two movies and then you say, I mean, I, I see younger uh, producers that sometimes they come to my office saying, we're looking for a co-production. We have this, this and this. And I say, okay. And then do you have this? Have you, have you considered this? Oh, no, we haven't. But it didn't happen before. Okay, when before? Oh, well, in the last three years or four years. Okay. It doesn't mean that the, the, the last four years are the Bible, you know? You have to train and train and train. It's more like, like a, an athlete, a sportman, whatever. You don't become the best football player just playing three years or a best boxer by boxing three years. You have to build. So that my, my advice is learn, be humble, be curious. You have to ask. If you don't know, you have to ask. Don't be shy. Don't feel stupid asking, what is this? Why this? If you don't understand, ask again until you don't get it. Because once you get it, it's yours. That's my point of view. And my last question is, uh, is there any movies you're producing uh, coming up? What are you working on now? We are working on a, a docu-film um, in Italy, an Italian docu-film about a very tough story of a, a real man, guy, who has been, uh, he, he wanted to be a football player when he was 11 and he started and he was very talented. But unfortunately, he met one, uh, not trainer, but uh, like a coach, one coach, who was a pedophile and uh, he, he has been abused for like 10 years by this this man and his life changed completely. And then there were, I mean, there were many, it's not only the, the abuse, but all the impact on his on his character yeah, yeah. Uh, so luckily this guy now is uh, very well he's, uh, he has two daughters he's training uh, a kids team so he never left football uh, he wants to tell his story with his face his voice his, his name so we're, we're, we're doing it I mean we, we are editing this we are working on a couple of uh, production service one English and one American and um developing uh, a couple of uh, one TV series and one uh, feature film that we would like to do next year. And also what I, I do every year, because I really think it's something that every producer should be obliged to do, to produce two, three short films every year, because that's where you find the new talents. And that's what we're doing. We're shooting in Albania, one uh, short and one in uh, south of Italy these days. They actually wrap tomorrow, both of them. There are two young directors. So we, we dedicate some uh, financial resources, not much, but some financial resources and some time to them. Because, for example, the film we're doing uh, next year is uh, directed by a director that we have produced a short last year. That's awesome. And uh, that was all the questions I really had. And, and I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on. And I really appreciate it. 